welcome back, Richard. It is Thanksgiving week. We have we have finally made it. Um, yeah, but here's another month that slipped by. You know, at the end of this week, we're going to be in December. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's um it's pretty astounding um, that um it's that interesting phenomenon where it feels like it's dragging and taking forever, uh, but at the same time, it feels like it's going by so fast. I know. It's like those movie scenes where the calendar flips by real fast, you know, and here we are in De <clears throat> almost December. Uh, I guess Miss Cassie would have it all calculated by day, you know, 20 to 35 shopping days. And That's probably true. Person. But who can even think about it, right? That's right. But it's, right. but it's, um, but it also seems like it's been so long since, mm -hmm. Like the pandemic started and, you know, March seems like an eternity ago. It feels like we've been doing right. this for, forever. And, um, but today we're going to talk about um, some, some interesting relationships or correlations between what we're going through now right. and um, something that our country went through about 100 years ago um, in right. 1918 with the, with the influenza. And, and, and really talk, though, about how, um, how what happened then can be used now to make better decisions and right. to help us understand so the importance of some of the things that are that are happening. Right. Yeah. It's not just the scientists. It, there, there is a there is this epidemic in 1918. We've talked about it before that informs us today. I mean, right. if if you want to know how to do this, what we mean by doing this is here we are with a pandemic that is right. surging more or less out of control, I think it's safe to say. Um, you know, Japan has hit record highs. Toronto is going to go into lockdown on Monday. Um, the National Guard has gone to El Paso um, right. to provide um, assistance with their um, morgue crisis. They, they don't have enough. Um, they have to have a temporary morgue. Uh, Mississippi had the highest single day. Hong Kong is, is, uh, has the highest rates. California is beginning to shut down. Right. And um, my my son lives um, in Texas, and he said the Austin public schools are considering another shutdown right. um, for this time. And I don't know, are they saying anything in, in our county about? Um, Not about a shutdown, but they there is a um, there was a report uh, last week that the state has said that they will extend funding for e-learning um, in, in through the second semester. Oh, okay. Because um, we weren't sure about that. Yeah. yeah, some of the individual school districts haven't said anything about what they're going to do specifically, but right. th there is there was a news report about that. So yeah, I suspect that if 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 it rages out of control, they're probably going to shut down either during the holidays, maybe in November, December, or they won't reopen fully in January uh, as planned. You know, because in Florida they planned a full reopening in January. Right. But it's it's unlikely that that's going to occur because of these rise, rapidly rising numbers. Right. So between if April continue, and if they continue, the, right. the numbers are even crazier. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because from since April, in April we had a million in our country, we had a million cases, and now we have 12 million cases. So if you right. do the math, I mean, a little over a million a month, um, by January or February, we're going to have some serious, serious right. numbers. And it's going to overwhelm. The problem is it'll overwhelm the hospital systems, right. you know, um, plus the, the the tragedy and the and the destruction that this thing has caused. But we do have this this. Well, as we've uh, talked about before, as, as we've talked about before, you know, you know, there are those who say, well, the higher the number of cases, the faster we'll get to that, you know, herd immunity and, and those kind of things. But it doesn't look as though that's going to happen because 
you know, the, you know, once you have it, you're not completely immune to it. Right. Um, right. You know, or that immunity doesn't last indefinitely. Right. Um, so, you know, there are some cases of people getting it a second time. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so we need to sort of avoid that idea of, well, you know, the more people that get it, the faster we'll get there. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, it just isn't the case. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, clearly we're, you know, we're in the midst of this pandemic and we're, now we're facing Thanksgiving. And right. so the, correla cor the correlation there is that that's exactly what happened in 1918 is right. that they were, they had surging rates. Well, what you have to remember is World War I, uh, the war to end all wars as it was called then, um, had just ended. And um, Armistice Day, which we just celebrated last week, Mm -hmm. um, is November the 11th, the, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. Um, and that's, that's still celebrated as Armistice Day. And uh, people broke out in celebrations right. for Armistice Day. They had parades and gatherings and everybody was celebrating. Well, the, the, the virus, the, the pandemic was very much with everybody in November of 1918. And that caused a surge. Right. And, that and was then... That was an influenza um, pandemic. Right, the, the H1N1 influenza called the Spanish flu. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you have this, the, uh, in October, I think in October, 195,000 people died in October alone. So this was a, a very um, virulent uh, virus. It was really destructive. And the death rates were much higher, I mean, in the millions. And um, so by 19, by November, um, people, the armistice had been signed and people wanted to celebrate and they were, they wanted to celebrate the holidays. They wanted to celebrate Thanksgiving at that time. And so interestingly enough, um, there was a, there was a major anti-masking campaign right. and there were organizations, uh, the San Francisco anti-masking organization that said, no, we have to get rid of these masks. And they had celebrations that we're going to celebrate and, and get rid of our masks because we're tired of wearing these gauze masks around. And so, and then you, so you, you have the armistice, you have the anti-masking campaigns, and then you have Thanksgiving. Yeah. And people just wanted to get together again. They wanted to go to church. You know, churches, as today, churches had been closed down. So right. people wanted to go back to church services. They wanted to do their volunteer work that they right. typically do. They wanted to go to football games, um, mm -hmm. which had been shut down. And they wanted to have family gatherings for Thanksgiving. Right. And so you have this, again, this confluence of factors. And what happened is that people open everything for Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. for gatherings, right. and then you have another surge. And so you have what's called the third wave by January. And, it, and six, by January, uh, 675,000 people died. So you had 195,000 people died in October. By January, uh, 675,000 additional Americans um, had been killed. Uh, curiously, the car manufacturer Dodge mm -hmm. was built by two brothers um, back at this time. Mm -hmm. Those brothers died of this flu. Um, the Dodge brothers died of the uh, H1N1 flu. Um, they developed a cough, and within a few days, one of the brothers had died, and a few, a few weeks later, the second brother had died. And so this ravaged through the country. I think I mentioned on this program one other time that my great-grandmother 
was sort of an herbalist. She had a, there was a little village in Pennsylvania, she and she witch. took care of the people during the uh, pandemic. She was a witch uh, doctor. She was a witch. I think she wasn't in Salem. That's right. She was. She met. Yeah. She she survived Salem, but then went on to Pennsylvania, and uh, and treated people with uh, herbs and poultices and things. Uh, she would drop things off at people's houses. She did not die of it. Um, nor I think did any of her family, but yeah. uh, so she remained healthy. But again, mysteriously remained healthy. And we, there's so much we don't know about these viruses. The other thing is, is that uh, we're hearing news about the vaccine. Mm -hmm. They developed a vaccine for this virus in 1918, mm -hmm. but they didn't know much about viruses then. And so they developed a vaccine for bacteria and yeah. they gave it to people, but it didn't work. You know, right. because it was bacteria, not a virus. Today, I guess this new virus is pretty slick. It's a genetic mutation. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it happens at the genetic level. But one of the problems is it has to be kept at negative 94 degrees uh, below freezing mm -hmm. uh, Fahrenheit. And so the problem is going to be how do you transport something that has to be kept at man minus 94 degrees? Right. Um, and so that's that's the challenge, but uh, it's a distribution challenge. I guess there's going to be the virus will become available probably not until for most people 2021. Um, right, and and I think that you know as, as we look back at that <laughs> you know that, that epidemic from um, you know 1918 and 1919, um, you know, I think that what they what they started to implement then uh, because right. they made it a they made it a law right, right. where you had to wear masks. Mm -hmm. And they were arresting people right. for not wearing masks, right. um, which doesn't sound. Um, and guess what happened? <laughs> you know, and but they, um, you know, uh, of course, a lot of people end up getting arrested, right? Um, and, and so that caused some problems and, and things like that. But um, you know, we know they knew then, and we know mm -hmm. now that masks help. Right. Right. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's clear. When you are wearing the mask, the, the the spread slows. It doesn't stop it completely, right? But right. it slows it, right? Um, and when you and when there's a mass um, movement to stop wearing masks, right? The the spread increases, right? Yeah, uh, that that's what this that's what this tells us that um, here we can look at 1918. You know, forget about if you don't believe in. I'm going to talk about believing in science in a second, but. Um, here we have this pandemic and we saw exactly what happened. Every time people stopped wearing masks mm -hmm. and every time people gathered in groups, especially indoors, right. um, you saw the spread. There was an Armistice Day parade. I, I forget the cities, but one city had a parade and one city didn't have a parade. And the city that had the parade saw um, a significant surge in cases. The city that didn't have a parade didn't see that surge. Right. And so it's very clear from this previous pandemic, the 1918 pandemic, that gatherings, large gatherings, without social distancing and without masks, spread this virus, these viruses. These okay. types of viruses, absolutely. Right. And um, the, the person that, that uh, this, this article that we're talking about appeared in USA Today a day or so ago, and the, the writer quotes um, Howard Markle, who is a professor, professor at the history of history of medicine at the University of, of, um, of, Edit, of um, Michigan. And he also uh, co-edited a book about the epidemic. 
1919. And um, he said, as people are talking about, well, even if you mandate mask wearing, mm -hmm. what are you going to do with people who don't? Because you can't, you can't find people, you could, but how do you find somebody who has no money? Right. Uh, and also, um, you're going to overwhelm the court system, which is exactly what happened in 1918, that so many people refused to wear, and they were arrested, and they clogged up the court system, so they had to stop arresting people. Our court system, like our hospitals, has a, has a limited capacity, right. and so you can't arrest 10,000 people. Right. Um, you take a, a large city of a couple million people, you can't arrest several hundred thousand people for not wearing masks. Our court system can't deal with that. Right. So, um, so we're we're gonna we're, we're facing the same dilemma now as we did in 1918. So we can look at 1918 and say what happened then, and that'll give us a good picture of what's happening today. Yeah. And Absolutely. and in this and and Marco says if history tells us anything. It's that the risk of contracting a virus and spreading the virus by congregating in groups and even traditional holiday parties is right now too great. And so Fauci and Markle and all these other people are quoted in this article and they're saying, I'm not going to do Thanksgiving as right. we have done it in the past. Fauci, I think, has two daughters. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he's been a very busy guy and he said he missed a lot of their growing up. And he really looks forward to seeing his daughters. He's in his 70s. Right. And he wants to spend time with them. But the family has agreed not to get together this Thanksgiving because they don't want to travel and they don't want to congregate. They don't want to, they fear spreading this virus. Getting it, but spreading it is right. also an issue. I, I heard an interview with um, Mitt Romney um, on a podcast the other day. And, um, and they were talking about these issues. And he has, I think he said, 25 grandchildren. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they were talking about what are you going to do for Thanksgiving with all this? Right. And he said that of all of his children and his grandchildren, he said that there's, there's one group that he's going to meet with because they, they've already had, that family has already had it somewhat recently mm -hmm. and, um, are recovered and testing negative and everything. And so they're going right. to, they're going to meet with them, mm -hmm. but they're mm -hmm. not going to meet with anybody else in the family. And I think that that's sort of the next part of this podcast is to talk about, the reality that, um, as is the case with anything, right? You know, depending on uh, or relying on absolute abstinence is not a very effective way to do it. And I like what you said a minute ago. You said um, that they talk about how they're not going to do Thanksgiving in the traditional way that they've always done it. Right. They're still going to do it. They're going to do it right. differently, though. Mm -hmm. And and you know, everyone <clears throat> keeps. Well, not everyone, but many people who are proponents of, um, you know, that are certainly proponents of mask wearing and social distancing mm -hmm. and anything like mm -hmm. that, they're immediately going to, well, we need to not meet at all. You know, families just need to call, you know, cancel the holidays. Uh, and that's not going to work. You know, the reality is, is especially in countries like the United States, most of us, most people in the United States don't like it when other people tell you what you can't do. That's right. And so as soon as you tell them you can't mm -hmm. do this, right. you're going to create a situation where they're going to, um, there's going to be some resistance to that. So right. instead of talking about abstinence, we should talk about some other strategies. Mm -hmm. That's right. And that's what, that's what the second part of this podcast is about today, is that 
the title of it is Demanding Thanksgiving Abstinence is Not Public Health. This article was written by a physician who was posted just a few days ago. <clears throat> and in it, he argues that, um, that to, to insist on abstinence is not a, an effective public health policy. Right. This virus is a public health issue. And what I like about this article is there, there are several things I like about it. One is that he takes a more reasoned and reasonable approach. Um, you can't put everybody in jail for not wearing a mask. You can't fine everybody for not wearing a mask. We know that that's not going to work. But if you take this from a public health perspective, um, Thanksgiving is going to occur. Right. 38%, um, there was a survey done, 38% of people plan to gather with 10 or more people for Thanksgiving. Right. And just a third said that they're going to wear a mask. Right. Um, that's probably an underestimate. Sure. Uh, because people right. tend not to admit that they're doing something that right. is not socially desirable. So, well, and, and, you know, how many of those people say, oh, well, there's going to be nine people there, and then you actually <laughs> get there and there's 13, you know? Right. So, <laughs> okay. And we promise to wear masks most of the time, except when we're eating. Right. Now, in Florida, we have an advantage because in November, we can still eat outside. Right. I mean, it's still warm enough that we can be outside. But if you're living up north, it's going to be, it could be snowing and yeah. cold, and you're not going to do this outside. Yeah. And so last, last weekend, it was hot. <laughs> it was still so hot was, and humid here. Right? Oh, it was terrible last That's weekend. right. You're still, you're playing soccer now. So yeah, yeah you're aware of that. So, so, so we're looking at 40 to 50%, approximately half the people in this country plan to have a regular Thanksgiving. Right. Now, if you remember the article that we just talked about, that kind of gathering could cause a surge. Okay, that could, that could be a super spreader event. Be that as it may, people are still going to be doing this, okay? So um, what struck me about this article is that he said very clearly, despite the damage, despite the deaths, despite the hospital crisis, the desire for human connection is so great that we're willing to take the risk. Right. And, and um, in our field, we talk about Abraham Maslow, right. Maslow's needs hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And the first set of needs are survival needs. You have to have food, clothing, shelter. The second set are connections with other people. Right. So, so wanting to get together is a basic right. human need, right. which all of us understand. And we all want to do that. Right. Um, we say that on this podcast a lot. We, 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 we often refer to ourselves, you know, humans are very social creatures. I mean, we, we are designed on an almost genetic basis to be mm -hmm. social um, right. because we know that when that, that's why, you know, social isolation and um, uh, isolation, you know, punishments in right. prisons right. and things like that are so effective in effective in damaging people in damaging uh, because right. they mm -hmm. uh, because we're not made to be isolated that's right yeah uh, solitary confinement right in prisons um it, we know how destructive that can be to a person's mental uh, mental physical health and um, um it, the, there are legal cases now that um are moving toward making solitary confinement um, unreasonable punishment right. you know, and just constitutionally forbid it because it's so damaging to Absolutely. put a person in social isolation like that. 
Um, so, so this we have this basic human need. People who isolated early in this pandemic, uh, people in some cities, Washington and New York and other places where the pandemic spread very quickly, probably because of public transportation and all that. Um, people who locked themselves down really started to struggle. And they discovered early on that, that we just can't do this. We cannot isolate. You can't keep people away from each other like this for long periods of time. So instead of abstinence, instead of uh, total lockdowns, uh, we have to figure out we have to get some public health message that will minimize or reduce your risk because that's the most you can do. You cannot eliminate the risk. This right. virus is spreading in the air. It's like, it's like part of our oxygen now. And so you can't eliminate, you could, you could eliminate, you could live in a bubble, you could live, you know, not let anybody in your house. And, you know, and I know some people who are doing that, yeah. but, it's really been difficult for yeah. them. And, and if you're single or if you're a couple, you can do it. But if you have children who are going out, it's very difficult. Uh, if you're working, if you're working outside the home, it's very difficult. What about doctors and nurses and bus drivers and people cleaning buildings? They're, they're all out there. So from a public health perspective, what we should be doing is looking for ways to minimize or reduce our risk. Right. That's the most you can hope for. Right. Yeah. And and there's a number of questions that we could that that need to be answered as it relates to, you know, what this what we can do or what we should be doing. You That's know? right. Because with Thanksgiving, we are increasing our risk exponentially. I mean, that's the whole issue here. Is that with Thanksgiving, people are going to celebrate Thanksgiving. Please know that you're increasing your risk. Okay. Now, what can you do about that? Right. Yeah. And some of the recommendations are things like, um, you know, quarantining at home before you go to the gathering so that you know that, that, you, that you don't have it or, or having a test done um, mm -hmm. before the gathering so that you know that you're, so that everybody knows that they're safe and they're, they don't have anything before the, the gathering happens. Now, for Thanksgiving, we're already beyond that point because you can't <laughs> quarantine long enough before Thanksgiving. We're, we're four days away. Um, to, yeah, you to had know. to do that last week. Yeah, you would have, right. Um, but you still can do it like a rapid test. They're, they're not as reliable, but you can still do a, a rapid test to make sure that you're safe. Um, and just, you know, have everybody go up and, and, and have it done. I had to go to Tampa on Thursday, uh, I work in Tampa on Thursday, and I drove by Raymond James Stadium, mm -hmm. and there had to be a mile line long of cars waiting at there because Raymond James is a testing site for yeah. COVID. And so I have no idea how long those people waited in line. That was last Thursday, right? probably in preparation for, but still, um, I, I don't know where the sites are in our area, I, right. Yeah. But, but I saw these sites in, in Tampa and they're overwhelmed. I mean, it's just uh, miles of cars uh, yeah. waiting to be tested. I couldn't figure out what it was and I realized it's COVID testing. Right. So yes, you could get tested. Um, my daughter lives in Washington. She's now being tested, I think three times a week because of her yeah. job, wow. um, because she's in contact with people yeah. who um, that they don't want to put at risk. Sure. Um, so, um, so one is you could quarantine or get tested. Right. Yeah. Some other things is, is to think about what you can do at, you know, when you're actually gathering. 
Um, you know, it's always a good idea, as we talked about a few minutes ago, it's always a good idea to try to do as much as you can outside. We know that being outdoors helps um, decrease risk of spreading because with the wind blowing and with, you know, it's just an open air environment. Um, anytime you're in a closed in contained setting, um, especially if it has central heating and air, um, you're talking about just recirculating the same stuff. Um, and so, you know, it, it's important to do as much as you can outside. Right, right. Yeah, you have this bigger space. And so it distributes, it disperses um, in a bigger space, whereas it, it, you, inside you keep it contained. Right. And especially, I think of people up north who have their furnaces running. And you have all these people in this enclosed space and it's going to continue to circulate through the house. Yeah. And that's what increases your risk is right. this recirculated air. You're not in an airplane that scrubs it. You're at home and it's not being scrubbed. Right. It does make me wonder, and, and this is not a, um, not a recommendation for a, tri a research trial or anything like that, but it does make me wonder if we know that this virus doesn't do well in the heat. And right. so it does make me wonder if um, being in a home where you know, it's, that's being heated, if that, if that would help at all, um, you know, especially in light of the, um, you know, what you're, what we've read about the, um, the, the, um, the shot, the, um, I don't know what vaccine, vaccine um, has to be kept at such a low temperature. And that's because the, the, um, the, the virus is so sensitive to heat. Right. Um, you know, it makes me wonder if that, that helps at all. But, yeah, it might. As it turns yeah. out, you might be better off in a hot a house up north. Wait, everybody should just have a sauna at their house, yeah. and you no. should be fine. <laughs> no, just turn up the We're heat. Not recommending that. That is not scientific. We we have no idea. <laughs> right. No. So so there are things you can do. Um, you know, what should government? Does government, from a public health standpoint, right. do governments have the responsibility to close streets and set up tables? You know, right. so people people can eat outside and put heat lamps out. You know, what is the government's role? Um, so do you want to, you know, you don't want to, you want to do everything you can to keep people outside. Right. You don't want to, you don't want to do things that drive people inside. Um, church services, for example. In many churches, Thanksgiving is a, is a major celebration in many churches. What are they going to do? What should they do from a public health standpoint? And then when it's all over, mm -hmm. um, should you quarantine? Right. You know, you, you've been exposed to a lot of people in a high-risk setting. Right. Do you now have the responsibility to self-quarantine for a couple of days, maybe for a week or so, to make sure that you don't have symptoms? And then you can, because what you don't want to do is get infected for Thanksgiving and then spread that virus by going to work on Monday. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's, that, that's a big risk. And, and look, again, you know, the, the unfortunate reality is that, um, you know, most of us will be going back to work on Monday. That's the thing. This um, is Thursday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so you're going to have symptoms. To, we're not going to have that opportunity to quarantine. And, right. um, you know, so there, there's the risk. Right. So you engage in this high risk behavior on Thursday. Symptoms might not appear until the following Wednesday or Thursday. Mm -hmm. But you go back to work on Monday. You're going to be carrying this virus with you. And you're going to spread it to whomever you come into contact with, whether it's on rapid transit or in a car at your workplace. Now, the, and, and one of the things that, quite frankly, everybody's concerned about is that we do Thanksgiving on Thursday, uh, schools reopen on Monday. Right. 
So now you have the possibility that all of these people are going to recongregate um, in schools on Monday, and will we see a surge? And, and look, the, the same the same reality is, is present for um, when you think about Christmas. I mean, if you think about the timelines, um, you have Thanksgiving. So say you're exposed on, at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um, it could be a week to week and a half or so before you start showing any symptoms. So right. it could be, you know, um, like we could be a week into or two weeks into uh, December by the mm -hmm. time you show um, and demonstrate symptoms. Um, which means that anybody you came in contact with could have it then, could, could you right. know, contract it then. A couple of weeks later is Christmas. And so they're going to be, you know, if they are congregating with other people and if the people who got it are congregating with other people but are not yet showing symptoms, then they're going to spread it. You know, this is how exponential the spread can be. And so we just have to be very mindful that, um, you know, again, the reality is we're not going to cancel Thanksgiving. Nobody's... You know, that um, you know, one of the notes that we have from the, from the article is that, you know, look at what happened with social media. Right. You know, as soon as it went, it was introduced, the idea of canceling Thanksgiving, it just went viral. It was like all over the place and it just right. created anger and frustration and, right. and all this, all these negative emotions as a result of, you know, mm -hmm. the use of social media to, to try to encourage folks to, to cancel Thanksgiving. Um, right. People get very defensive about that. They already had to cancel Easter. They already had to cancel Fourth of July celebrations. Um, uh, cancel the football season, right? Essentially, you know, exactly. Uh, sporting and, events, you know, and they had to have an abbreviated Halloween, even you know, for right. those who are really concerned about that. Mm -hmm. And so Thanksgiving too, right? Right. And then, and and we're going to talk about social media, right? When we get to the end of this, but. He makes it, it makes this excellent point that I loved about this article. He said, public health is a service industry. It's not meant to imprison, but to empower. Right. And so that message needs to get out that when we talk about public health, we're not talking about shutting everything down. Right. We're talking about living our lives in such a way that we stay safe. Okay? Right. Um, we have to provide options for people to do the things that they are going to do. People right. are gonna, Americans are gonna celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah. And they're gonna celebrate Christmas, okay? So what we have, what public health experts should be doing right. is providing um, safe ways to do that. What, right. what do you have to do to do it safely? We know you're gonna do it. What do you have to do to do it safely? And the problem, one of the problems is, as you mentioned, social media. Right. Because whereas social media can spread messages what goes viral on social media are the extravagant messages. In other words, we want to lock everything down. That goes viral. Right. We want to not wear masks. That goes viral. Right. Public, the responsibility of public health is to get a clear, consistent message that gives people information that they can use to, to live their lives right. uh, responsibly and safely and to reduce the risk. You're not gonna eliminate the risk, you can't, but you can reduce the risk. Absolutely. And, and social media has shares some of that responsibility. Right, and if we know that such a, such a large percentage of Americans are, are planning to meet for Thanksgiving and planning mm -hmm. to meet maybe even in these larger groups, right. you know, trying to, to scold or shame or humiliate or punish Mm -hmm. those individuals is not going to be an effective means. Right. I mean, we, we've seen this 
time and time and time and time again, where right. we, we try to use those punitive means mm -hmm. to, to get or encourage change, and it just right. doesn't work. No, it didn't work in 1918, as right. we discussed. And it's not going to work today. Right. You know, you're not going to shake. Let's, let's be reasonable. There are many people who are simply not going to wear masks. Right. Now, if you want to go out and you wear a mask, you are going to encounter people who aren't wearing masks. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about that. Right. Okay. All you can do is minimize your risk. Okay. So don't do what you have to do to minimize your risk. You, you're not going to shame people. You're not going to scold people. Don't bother telling Somebody told me a story about somebody went to Disney World. And, you know, there was a woman complaining about somebody with a mask. And, well, what are you doing at Disney World? You know, if, if you don't want to be, if you're afraid, then don't go to places where there are large numbers of people. Because there are going to be large numbers of people who are not wearing masks. Absolutely. Okay. So you have to be, from a, you have to be smart and careful and reduce your risk. Because not everybody's going to wear a mask. Not everybody is going to practice it, so, uh, social distancing. Okay. Right. Um, but this is a time when we all know, especially during an election year, that social media, especially the messages that go viral, mm -hmm. social media is out distancing public health. And, and it's time that, and what I like about this article is he's saying, let's, let's put public health back where it belongs. Right. But you have to be, and you have to be reasonable. We have to make reasonable requests. Public health is not shutting things down, lockdowns. Um, it's keeping people safe. It's minimizing risk. Right. That's what we should be doing. Absolutely. And so uh, as you're looking forward uh, or looking ahead at mm -hmm. you know, the holidays and, um, you know, the upcoming Thanksgiving, just a few days away, um, you know, the, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, they have some recommendations and we have, we have a link to that in the show notes, but it's right. a lot of the things that we've been talking about, you know, wear a mask, mm -hmm. like the social distancing, you know, to try to be outdoors if you can. Um, but, you know, the other things that are pretty consistent, wash your hands. Um, I like the idea of bringing your own things, bring your own, your food, own food. beverages and utensils. Um, you know, you don't, you, how many times do you think about, you know, somebody coughs into their hand, opens <laughs> the door. Um, right. And a few minutes later, you don't even know that it happened. Right. You go and open the door. Um, right. you know, then you're that it, it spreads very easily. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, just being mindful of those things. And so bringing right. your own uh, food and utensils and beverages right. and wearing a mask, and, all those things are important. Right. And for those of you who do plan to get together, probably more than half of us are going to in one way or another. And I think it's probably more than half. Right. Um, we are going to get together. We are going to celebrate Thanksgiving in one way or another. Um, I would urge you, I would encourage you to go to the CDC website. Uh, we posted in the show notes, and they have very practical, very simple to follow instructions. If you're flying, if you're driving, if you're inside, if you live up north, if you live in the south, really a whole collection of very easy um, tips for um, for staying safe and keeping others safe during the holiday season. So if you are traveling, if you are going to celebrate the holidays. Uh, take a look at that and just take a few minutes to go through it. Yeah. It's really good advice when people know what they're doing. Um, we, I, I meant to mention when we were talking about the vaccine, everybody's been waiting about the vaccine. Everybody's been waiting for the vaccine. Okay, The, mm -hmm. the vaccine is going to change it. 
the vaccine is going to get us out from under this pandemic. Let, I want to remind everybody that in the last year or two, science has taken a huge um, hit by politicians in particular. And it's been, um, it's been criticized. Scientists have been, scientists have been pushed to the side. Science has been ridiculed. Um, we, don't want, we don't want the specialists here. We don't want people telling us what to do. Keep in mind that the same science produced the vaccine. Okay, that, that the same science you're criticizing is producing the vaccine. Right. And you can't pick and choose which science you want. Uh, the iPhone 12 is coming out. Yeah. It's the same science produced that. So be very careful about um, ridiculing the scientists because the same scientists we're ridiculing are bringing us the vaccine that could end this thing. So um, I, I do make that request, is that we be careful about how we treat our scientists. Absolutely, absolutely so. All right, well, that is it for today. Um, we hope you all have a very happy and safe Thanksgiving. Uh, we will do our best to do the same. Um, so yeah, until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay healthy. As never before, <laughs> right? And forget to be afraid. <laughs>